Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 61, The Old Understanding versus a New Understanding. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. I love this time of year. My kids are back in school. I have a quiet house for a while. The doorbell might ring, but other than that, I can just like talk to you guys and not worry about interruptions. And I also love like watching them kind of get used to a new class and new homework and all of that. I, I always do a parallel thing, right? So it's like the little school of big changes starting soon. Um, and it feels like I'm kind of going along with them, like, ooh, a new class and how's it going to go and get all my pencils sharpened. <laughs> I don't use pencils, but I don't know. It feels like um, it feels like going through that phase again. And I just love the six weeks of the Little School of Big Change guided course with all the brand new people. So some people come through and they have a feel for this new paradigm already. Some really have a feel for it because maybe they've been through the school before, they've done other things, but a good chunk, this is totally new to. And that's just, I love that so much. I love when they're like, what are you talking about in the beginning? And then you see in just six short weeks, so much of this starts to look completely obvious to people. It was completely foreign, like literally the opposite of how they thought things worked their entire lives. And in just six weeks of opening up and looking in a different direction and being curious, it's awesome what what kind of lands. And again, I think that's just like, it. it makes so much sense. There's such a logic to it. There's so much common sense in this that it doesn't take much. As soon as someone kind of opens and looks in this direction, they start seeing evidence of it and it it looks pretty obvious in, in some ways. Um, so that's always just such a fun thing to see. The people that come in, they're like, what is this crazy lady talking about? And then within a few weeks, um, things are beginning anyway to look really different. So that's coming up very soon, which I'm excited about. Um, I'm also starting to have some conversations with people around my change coach training and certification program, which begins in January. So I've been training and mentoring coaches for a while in various ways. Um, and this program is different and I'm excited about it. It's it's a kind of level one. There'll be a level two uh, component to it, but this is sort of the level one training for people who specifically want to use this understanding, kind of build, ground themselves in how things work, where our experience comes from, and use that to help people change. So coming from this specifically looking at, wow, how do I help people with habits, with anxiety, who feel stuck in life? And there's obviously a gigantic market for those things, but I mean, this this understanding like offers... I don't know. I can't even put words to it. I can say it offers so much. It's it's there's nothing like it. Nothing like going as deep as who are you really and what's your experience made of 
to help some things kind of uh, loosen up <laughs> and shift and change in a human life. So um, it's so exciting. So I can't wait um, to begin that training program. And it's a little different than some of the work I've been doing because because a lot of my, like in my Deep Impact Mentoring Program, it's in general uh coaches and practitioners, sometimes therapists, psychologists who've been working with people for a while. And we go pretty deep into, into um, you know, the ins and outs of coaching sessions and, and all of that. And this program will as well. But it's also great for people who are new. So people who have just been personally touched by this, maybe you haven't been a coach, maybe you've never thought that you wanted to be a coach, but you've been so impacted by this understanding that it sounds really exciting to share it. I think there's a lot of people like that. You know, that wasn't me. I was a psychologist and coach before I found this. Um, But there are a lot of people who never thought this would be what they do for work or even just for fun but they've been so impacted that they just want to get better and better at being able to share it. And I love that. And this program is also um, excellent for people who are working with clients, but maybe not from this understanding. So anyway, that's just my fall school starting, little school starting, uh, change coach training, almost starting in January, but gearing up for it. Um, Excitement. It's like all the all the fresh notebooks are out and the the pens are here and get all your school supplies in order and oh, I'm such a nerd, but I love that stuff. So in today's episode, I want to talk in a kind of big way about this new paradigm as a new paradigm. So as an alternative to traditional psychology and traditional self-help and not to convince you that it should be you know, the alternative that you choose or anything like that. Although if you're listening, you probably don't need that. But just to kind of compare and contrast a little bit, because years ago I wrote this article, um, I think it was called Rethinking Traditional Psychology or something like that. And, And it really resonated with a lot of people. And in fact, several people who are in the school now and kind of come to the events and stuff, found me through that article. I mean, it's probably five, six years old at least, at least, probably six, six plus years old. Um, but I, I really see a lot of value in that. I hear about that a lot. And so I thought there would be a lot of value in really having a conversation that kind of looks at a few major aspects of um, self-help, the traditional psychology, kind of the quote unquote old paradigm and looks at how we how we see those things and treat those things in this new paradigm. So it used to be that things like love, compassion, understanding, those were qualities that we could bring into our lives that you might you might read a book, you might go talk with someone in order to bring bring more feelings of love, compassion, understanding into your life in order to combat what looked like very real problems, right? Problems like separation, confusion, disconnection. So I'm feeling disconnected from my partner. I need to bring more love into this relationship. I'm feeling kind of um, disillusioned in life or 
stuck in life or like there should be more to life. So let me see if I can bring in some passion or some understanding or something in order to combat these real issues that I'm up against. That's how it's always looked for the most part. Now, this is huge. This is hugely different and it might sound subtle, but if it doesn't, if it sounds subtle and not huge, pause this and go back and listen to this part a few more times. So rather than love, compassion, understanding those things being qualities that we bring into our lives in order to fix some real problem, what we see, what we know, what I know, and what I think more and more people are coming to know is that love, compassion, understanding, oneness, connection, energy, life, that's what's true. And it's the only thing that's true. That is who and what we are. That is not illusory. That is true. <laughs> it is um, It is what's there. And we can't be absent from those things. Like we can't be separate from those things. They can't be absent from us. Things like separation and confusion and disillusionment and disconnection, those aren't real problems that need to be combated. Those are experiences. They're thought-created experiences that, that we as human beings experience, but there's nothing there to combat. They are, they are illusory in that they're made of our own thinking and our own thinking is constantly changing and it's just our own thinking in the moment. It's not the way it is. It's, it's the illusion or the perception that's coming to life within us in that moment. And then a new one comes. So just that alone, like that's just the starting point for this, but just that alone pretty huge. And that's really, I think, the not just the starting point, but the basis for all of this. It's like, oh, it has always looked like there is a problem that needs fixing. And now it is looking more and more, I think, to, to more and more people out there that, that what looks like a problem that needs fixing is really just something to see and understand for what it is that we don't need to to bring in more fill in the blank. We don't need to bring in or add more anything. We have everything we need. We are everything we need. You can't even, how do you even bring in more love, right? Like you are made of love. And when you aren't feeling that, you're simply caught up in a human thought-created illusion. And seeing through the illusion is far better. <laughs> I don't like the word better. Um, it's far better <laughs> than trying to fix the illusion. It makes a lot more sense. It's a lot more efficient. It's true. I mean, it just, you know, how do you fix an illusion when you see that it's an illusion? So to me, I think that's that's kind of why there even is a new era in in self-help and in just, you know, human development, like how we see and understand ourselves because of that difference and that shift that I think is just so, so underway already. So old ways of supporting people 
like if you are a coach or a helper or even just helping yourself, don't make sense in the new era because it doesn't make sense anymore to try to force change to happen when we see that the things that we want to change are made of thought to begin with. And when we see that we're already always changing constantly, like who we, our essence isn't always changing. There's no problem there. Everything that we're going to look at and call a problem and say that we want to have changed or we want to see it differently is in motion because it is made of our own perception. It is our own thinking already. It doesn't make sense to go into the past and try to fix something by looking backwards when we see that we exist in a steady stream of brand new experience already. So constantly, moment to moment to moment to moment to moment in life, new thought is being brought to life within us. And we cannot possibly stop that flow. It is a steady stream of new experience. It doesn't feel like that sometimes. It doesn't look like that to us sometimes. And that's, again, just something to understand. It doesn't mean go change your experience. It's like, oh, that's an invitation again to see, oh, I am change. I am love. I am constantly in flux. Everything's refreshing and and being brought to life new in every single moment. There is this flow of experience moving through me. When it doesn't look that way, there's some part of us that's in that flow that just sees it as stable or solid or is tied to who we are. It's, you know, just a simple moment of misunderstanding. But seeing through that rather than jumping in there and trying to change it or fix it or push it along is the only thing that makes any sense when you begin to see things in this way. And dramatically different. Again, I know I'm not speaking to probably most of you when I when I speak as a coach to people who help with this, but just take my word for it, dramatically different when it comes to supporting people, dramatically different in in how we support them and in the effects of of what we do and what they get to see from us pointing them back toward who they are and how they work and that they're simply caught up in an illusion versus jumping into the illusion with someone and trying to rearrange the furniture inside the illusion. So it doesn't make sense, again, to try to fix something that can't possibly be broken because it isn't really real. So it's not that these... So let me go through a few very specific things and just do a little compare and contrast. I feel like I'm taking a standardized test or something. Compare and contrast. So the old way was to accept what is. Now, really, the old, old way was to change what is. (laughs) And, And, you know, the not so old way was to change what is. But if you're enlightened in the old paradigm, you kind of saw, okay, changing, I'm not always in charge of that. But if I can't change it, let me accept what is. Well, the new way is understanding that what is is completely made of our own moving, changing thought in the moment. So 
there kind of isn't even a what is. <laughs> There's what is right now. And by the time my mouth opens to say that, it's gone. It's changed. See if you can just get a feel for that. Your mind will argue, I know. But just see if you can get a feel for, oh, constantly refreshing. Accepting what is, by the time you, you can even think, oh, I should accept what is, it is literally changing. So seeing the nature of what is dramatically different than accepting and way, way different than changing what is. In the old paradigm, um, there was a lot of, I think, and then a lot of words after that. <laughs> so in other words, there was a, everything. I mean, everything was about the content right? I mean, old, old paradigm, people were spending years of their lives on a therapist's couch, just free associating, just saying whatever came to their mind. And it was all, it was all supposed to mean something. <laughs> the therapist sat there and tried to connect the dots of all that mumbo jumbo as if it was all very meaningful and important. There's, you know, tons of like dream analysis, but, but not in a sort of loose, huh, I wonder what I can see in this, in a specific, I used to do this, like line by line by line of what you could remember of your dreams and looking for specific meanings and symbols. Ugh, there was a lot of content and everything was in the content. That's where we looked is, what are you thinking? Tell me what you're thinking. Tell me what you're feeling. Why are you thinking that? Why are you feeling that? Well, in the new paradigm, rather than I think, blah, 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 it's I think, period. Stop. <laughs> I think. I, I live in a sea of thinking. What I'm thinking about, I don't really need to go there most of the time. Why would I? Again, by the time I can even find a specific thought and, and tell it to someone, it's been gone forever and new stuff is coming up. I mean, so, and I don't want to make it sound like content is bad. Nothing is bad. It's just that we see, we see a little bit past it. It's not about dissecting the what. It's more about seeing that. So the old way in the old paradigm, a lot about um, changing your state. So this is kind of the old Tony Robbins-ish stuff of, you know, getting in the right state. That's why if you, I haven't been to a Tony Robbins event, but from what I've seen on the documentary and from what I've heard, there's a lot of jumping up and down and singing and screaming and, and super loud music and getting your heart pumping and all of that in order to change your state. Now, psychologically, that makes some sense, right? Because you change your state and your thinking kind of changes. But where the new paradigm kind of goes, and, and this is not a perfect comparison because the new paradigm doesn't have an opinion on, on Tony Robbins jumping up and down and screaming. I'm not saying that. But deeper perhaps or different than changing your state so that what you're thinking can change, so that your experience can change, is, is backing up and seeing, oh, wow, my state is constantly changing. Again, period, full stop. My state is constantly changing on its own. 
it's not even my state really, but what I experience, what's moving through me, life as I know it, constantly in motion. Now, does that mean you don't you don't take action to change it? No, not at all. Not at all. I just want you to get a feel for how it's a totally different conversation. It's a totally different pointer. It's pointing to a completely bigger and deeper set of truths, a different place to look. Oh, I am in constant flux. My state is constantly changing and I don't ever have to do a thing to make that happen. That doesn't mean you won't, right? You'll get up and move, hopefully, if you've been sitting at your desk for hours or you'll You'll, you know, do a jumping jack or you'll scream if you feel like you need to or sing, I hope, you know, and that's fine. But bigger than that, your state is constantly changing. In the old model, it was all about like, tell me about your experience. This is kind of related to the content one. What's true in your experience? which is which is fine. People need to, again, I'm not saying don't do anything that I associate with the old model. It's incredibly helpful at times to express your experience and to feel heard and to have that heard and validated and whatever that all means. That That is fine, fine, right? But But there's another place to look. So bigger than what's true in your experience or here's what's true in my experience, which is obviously subjective because it's your experience, is looking at, wow, what is the teeny tiny little finite set of, of things we can see that are true of all people in all moments, bigger than experience? Experience comes and goes, constantly changing. What's true when we look beyond experience that has nothing to do with you or me or anything else? The old model was all about relying on willpower, whereas this new paradigm is about looking toward insight or or seeing things with fresh eyes in a brand new way. So this is really pretty similar to um, trying to change things versus see them and understand them for what they are. We only turn to willpower because something looks like a problem that we're going to fix. And again, that makes perfect sense in a lot of situations in life. So nothing wrong with willpower. It'll help you maybe say no to that second bowl of ice cream or something like that. But it's not going to change your life. It's not going to it's not going to free you from something that's been there forever in your psychology that looks absolutely real. The way to free you from something in your psychology that looks absolutely real is to see that it isn't real. And that's that's what we do. The old paradigm was all about our psychology, whereas the new way is looking at what's there beyond and before our psychology. So this whole psychology thing is so interesting. I feel like... Um, I feel like the subconscious stuff is kind of back in style. I don't know. Maybe it's always been there, but I just looked away for several years. Um, But I just feel like everywhere I look now, people are talking about hypnosis and um, getting to the root of your beliefs about yourself and all of that. And um, I actually think there's value in that. I really do. I'm interested in that. I'm interested in it. 
Do I think it's as deep as we can go? Absolutely not. Do most people who practice that and just most people in the world believe it's as deep as we can go? Yeah, they do. I mean, that looks like the root of it, right? Is this family story or this thing you were told that that turned into a thought, that turned into a belief, that turned into an identity that you walk around with and live out. Now, absolutely, that happens all the time. And it's fairly deep. <laughs> it's fairly deep, right? But but there's more to it than that. And the the thing is the way that that they want to go in and kind of rearrange it is again, it's like seeing, oh, there's this old thinking, this old feeling, this old pattern in place. Let's go in and fix it and probably like rewrite a nicer story on top of it or something like that. And again, I, I think that's kind of interesting. Like I, I think um I think there is value in it. I I think it's to some extent, like I think that um it's it's helpful at times, especially if it's coming up for you to see the old stuff that's coming up and to get curious. Like, oh, is that is that even true for me? Do I even think that? Or is that just something a teacher told me when I was a kid that I've, you know, clung to or whatever? So to that degree, that's great. But in this new paradigm, what we get to see is it goes a lot deeper than that, that we don't have to reprogram and understand and uncover and, and hypnotize and all of that, that we can see that anything that we experience in any aspect of our experience, in any, in any kind of thought, feeling, behavior, anything that's going on in our experience can also be just put into one camp and we can call that experience. So there's a much deeper place to look beyond just even what's showing up for us. And that's like, wow, well, what's, what's there beyond all of this experience? What's true of all humans in, at the design level, at the basic blueprint level? And, and when we start to tap into that, we see, oh yeah, all kinds of stuff's going to come up and hit my screen you know, subconscious, conscious, intentional, unintentional, who knows. But all of that stuff that hits our screen is experience. It all operates in a similar way. And beyond that, we're love, compassion, and understanding. So the old way, um, this is the old, kind of old school coaching way, is um, being held accountable. You have to hold people accountable for what they do, right? Because they can't be trusted on their own. <laughs> you better give people rules and and have them check in with you and, you know, really hold them to stuff. And again, this is one of those things that there's a time and place for it. It's just like willpower. Sometimes it it's extremely helpful for someone to be held accountable. But But it's interesting to look at. What are we holding them accountable to? So when someone says, oh, I think I just need to be held accountable, they have an idea or thought of something that would make them better, something that they should be doing that they're not doing. And they want someone to hold them to that, right? What if bigger than being held accountable to a thought that was a good idea in a moment, we're, we're a little more in the flow. We're a little more fluid. And in that influx, always changing flow of life, we get to kind of just steer a little bit here and there. We get to follow inclinations, follow 
what's coming up for us fresh in the moment. Follow the energy of life rather than in the be accountable, being held accountable model, it looks like we're trying to dictate the energy of life a little bit. Like you had a brilliant idea that looks like the thing that's going to make your life better and make you happy. So now we're going to make sure that you and life and everything line up to support that idea, which was the thought in one moment. The flip side of that is just being fluid and in the moment and following a bigger energy and seeing where it leads you. Again, this is one of those that I'm not saying you have to pick one, but I just want to, that's true for all of these. We don't have to pick one. I think it's so fascinating though to look at some of these things as as an illustration of like, oh, that's as far as we saw before. That made perfect sense given how we thought humans worked and and what we understood. And now look how much deeper it's gotten. Look how much bigger it's gotten and how much is opening up. Um, oh, this is a good one. So the old way was all about external triggers. Stuff in the world makes you feel a certain way, makes you think and feel and then ultimately behave a certain way. In the new way, there is no such thing as a trigger. How can there be a trigger? How can something out in the world make a thought appear? It can't. It's an association. We we think and feel things and then we pin it on things out in the world and then those things that we pin it on look like triggers to us. But what if what if there is no such thing as, as a trigger? What if there's just again life moving through us, experience being brought to life moment by moment and then washing away? Huge implications for what you approach and avoid in life. Huge implications for just how big you let your life become because When people keep their lives small, it's because they're afraid of something out there triggering them. They may not always say it in that way, but that's that's behind it. They're afraid of a feeling and they're afraid that something out in the world is going to give them a feeling. And to see that that's not even possible, not even possible, that's pretty gigantic. So, oh my gosh, I could go on forever and this is becoming a long episode. Um, Okay, so in the old way, I know, I know, period, I know was kind of the gold standard, right? (laughs) Like, duh, we want to know. We want to know stuff. We want to get to the bottom of it. In the new way, I don't know, infinitely wiser, better, more informative, even more informative. I don't know is more helpful and informative than I do know. How can that be? Isn't that crazy? Think about, I don't know, opens us to the infinite possibility that exists out there. We're open. It's such a weird word, I know, because people are like, what does that mean to be open? Well, it, it means, to me, it means like we're just swimming in I don't know. And it's almost like when you swim in I don't know, you have a million antennas that are popping up all over you <laughs> that are drawing new thought, insight, like new new ways of seeing things that the second we say, I know, and especially I know and put a period at the end, we're done. The antennas recoil, they go down, they go away, <laughs> they disappear. And now we just are closed. 
stuff comes at us and it just bounces right off. I don't know opens you right up to it. In the old paradigm, you don't go to bed angry. Oh my gosh. Do you know how many nights, sleepless nights my husband and I had before we were married? Um, because you're not supposed to go to bed angry. You're supposed to stay up all night and get really exhausted and really, really crabby and get even more entrenched in your point of view the more you talk about it and then have a horrible next day because you're exhausted and still angry. <laughs> That's how it went for us anyway. In the new paradigm, you sleep on it. You do the complete opposite. You don't stay up and talk all night when you're a wreck and you're not seeing anything clearly. I'm being really specific about the sleeping piece. But, you know, like don't go to bed angry means let me get to the bottom of whatever it is. It could be even going to bed angry with yourself. Well, now in the new paradigm, going to bed, letting it go for a while is the fastest way to resolution and clarity. And again, because what we need clarity around and what we need to resolve is something that's made of thought to begin with. Leave it alone. Leave that stuff alone and watch it clear up. In the old paradigm, personal mind, rationality, was the master for a long, 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 long time. The fact that we are thinkers, right? I think, therefore I am. I'm a rational human being. That was as good as it got. Now, personal mind and rationality, still great, but they're the servant. They they can come in and support intuition and wisdom and common sense and hunches and inclinations and being in the flow and following the energy of life. Rationality and personal mind and, and intellect and all of that, they get to be the support system for what's bigger and truer and always there beyond them. Huge, huge. Oh my gosh. You know, it's like, it's like having one book That's a really good book, but that one book is all the information you get your whole life versus opening up to the intelligence of the universe and letting your intellect and mind kind of steer and support as necessary. Completely different. The old way was all about adding more knowledge. Again, we're rational and knowledge and information and intellect is where it's at. And in the new way, and I love this. It's it's not about adding anything. In fact, it's about subtracting. It's subtractive. Subtracting out all the things that you think you know. Subtracting out who you think you are. Subtracting out how life is supposed to go for you or what it all means. And as we subtract that out, we're we're right there in that place of swimming and I don't know. Totally different. And and a totally different life. I mean, a different way to be in life that is going to lead you in a completely different direction, a completely different experience of life. The old way is mindfulness. The new way is understanding mind. Not a practice, not a, a, a set of exercises that you do. You can do them if you want, but bigger than the exercises, bigger than the practice is understanding what we're doing all it all for anyway. The old way is waiting for insight. I'm waiting for my insight. I don't know. I've, I haven't had my insight yet. I'm sitting around waiting for insight to happen to me. The new way is realizing that insight can't be stopped. Insight is constantly happening. 
again, it's it's back to not changing your experience, but seeing that your experience is constantly changing. Just flip that around. The old way is believing that children and maybe some special adults, but mostly just children, are resilient. And the new way is seeing that resilience isn't a personality trait. It has nothing to do with this person versus that person. It has nothing to do with age. It has nothing to do with how you react to an experience, how quickly you get over things, really. I mean, that's one way that we see resilience. But resilience is not a personality trait, and it's not the way an experience shows up in the moment. It's a human given. It is, it is our design. It is part of the human design. And as soon as we make it less personal and less like some have it and some don't, some have it more, and I need to work on mine and bring my resilience up on, you know, to match everyone else's resilience. As soon as we take all that garbage out of the equation and you consider, oh, maybe it's a human given. How is it in my design? How is it already always there and always have been, always has been? That's when you start seeing it and living it and feeling it. So the old way, this is the last one, the old way of traditional psychology and self-help is lots and lots and lots of theories and ideas, testable theories, preferably hypotheses, explanations. And the way of this new paradigm is seeing that our theories and hypotheses and explanations are thoughts too. They're our best guess in a moment. And looking beyond those to something that's even more universal, that's even more stable, that's less man and woman made, that's less thought created, that that just is, that exists beyond our ability to even form a theory or a hypothesis. What's deeper than that? What's beyond that? And I'm not going to try to put into words the answer to that, but that's when we begin looking to that place, it energizes so much and it opens up so much. We are living in such an amazing time, aren't we? I mean, it's, wow, like so much is shifting and becoming mainstream. I feel like half of what I just said as the new paradigm just five years ago, 10 years ago for sure, would have sounded insane. And it's less and less so now. I don't know. I just think it's the coolest thing. It's so exciting. And really to to see how, how life can be so different when you just come from that we have everything we need and nothing needs to be added or fixed. Just coming from that, that it's subtractive. Yes, there's still illusion that looks real. Yes, there's still human suffering. Yes, there's stuff in the way quote unquote, in the way that we experience as in the way that we can continue to see through. But it's totally different, like polar opposite from how it used to be, where it looked like we did not have what we needed and we did not have a whole lot of health sometimes. And we better hurry up and learn more and know more and add more. It's, it instantly takes so much worry and anxiety out of the equation when we kind of start to see things in this new way. So I just think it's the coolest thing. So thank you so much for listening to this. This is a really long episode, but um, I hope it's worth it. Thanks for listening. 
The Little School of Change begins next week. Oh my gosh, it's so soon. I can't wait. Next week, September 23rd. If you haven't yet seen the Change That Sticks four-part video series, you can catch that at thechangeseries.com thechangeseries.com. It's a very in-depth, totally free four-part video series that goes deep into why our change attempts don't work and where we can look instead. And again, those are at thechangeseries.com. And if you're ready to enroll in the school, you can do that now. We changed it up this year. You can actually enroll right now, pre-enroll to ensure your seat in the school because it's not guaranteed and to actually save $49 off registration. So if you're knowing that you're gonna join the school, if you suspect that you're gonna join the school, pre-enroll, why not? You get extra stuff and you save $49. You can do that at thelittleschoolofbigchange.com right now today. Enrollment for the fall course is only open, period, until Thursday, September 26th at midnight Eastern time. So either way, whether you pre-enroll or not, you really have to make sure that you enroll by then. Otherwise, you have to wait for the March class. And I can't even tell you how much can change for you between now and March. I have no idea why anyone would wait. So enroll now and I can't wait to see you in class.